0: Insects, by far, are the least um, stressing like stressing organize, organism for the environment. So when I say that, like they don't need arable land to get cultivated, we don't need a lot of potable water that you need for a lot of plant-based sources. And at the same time, the greenhouse gas emissions during the insect cultivation process is almost 2,000 times lesser than composting. So, like which is
1: the most prevalent solution for food waste management. Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs, and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on India. I'm Hari Arakali, and in this episode, Ankit Alok Bagaria, co-founder of Loopworm, an insect biotech venture in Bengaluru, talks about the opportunity ahead for the business that he started with his fellow IIT Roorkee graduate Abhi Gavri straight out of college 3-year-old Loopworm also recently became the second startup to be funded by AgriFocus VC firm Omnivo under its OmniBioX initiative Ankit and Abhi aim to tackle food waste and increase the incomes of smallholder farmers using multi-species insect biotechnology Loopworm is upcycling food waste into protein-rich nutrients and value-added ingredients with applications in aquaculture, pet food, and nutraceuticals. Uh, Ankit, welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for making time for this.
0: Thank you, Ari, for having me.
1: So, really interesting startup that you and uh, we have started, uh, Insect Protein and Sustainability. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this. Maybe you could give us a quick background about yourself and Abhi and how you all got to start this, um, and then we'll go from there.
0: Sure. So at Loopworm, what we are majorly trying to do is um, utilize the existing farming ecosystems of uh, farmers who are cultivating insects, um, also enabling the new farmers with with the modern-day insect cultivation practices so that we can get the insects from them Further, what we are planning to do is process these insects into value-added products for various industries, starting from animal nutrition, uh, going to plant nutrition, hitting cosmetics, nutraceuticals, and even biopharma markets later on. And we are entirely doing this in a B2B fashion. Um, coming to our background, um, so I am a dual degree in chemical engineering from IIT Roorkee. I completed both BTech tech and M-Tech from there, and I passed out in 2019. I majorly handle the tech and R&D verticals at, at Loopworm. And along with that, I look into the business development aspects as well. Um, Abhi is an electrical engineering ag- graduate from IIT Roorkee, again 2019 batch, and he handles the entire operations, supply chain, procurement, et cetera, uh, for, for Loopworm.
1: Okay. So chemical engineering and electrical engineering How did you guys get interested in insect uh, biology and so on?
0: So like, if you look into it, it looks very different, uh, like from from a life science perspective. So Mm. the core science is very much different. But when it comes to say scaling the technology or the science part, Mm. and also involving the engineering aspects to processing it, uh, Mm. then our knowledge of the engineering fields come in very handy. Okay. So it's the scaling which becomes difficult because you have to ultimately commercialize the product. And it's yeah. a B2B market, so you have to focus on volumes as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, you all started straight out of college?
0: Yeah, we started straight out of college. So it has been three years now uh, since we have started loopworm. And uh, like we'll be celebrating our third anniversary on 12 September 29-
1: 2022. All right. And so just for a more general audience uh, I mean, folks who are not necessarily clued into uh, you know agri or farming and so on, uh, maybe you could step back and give us a little bit of uh, background on what is the significance uh, of you know insects. Uh, you know, of, of, I mean, in general, I guess people understand that they probably play a critical role in the health of soil and things like that. But maybe you you can give us a better understanding of uh, all the different ways in which. Uh, Insects play a role in uh, agri and farming and in other related sectors, like you mentioned, biopharma. So, yeah, why insects? Yeah, talk about that.
0: So, like um, insects by far are the least um, stressing stressing organism for the environment. So, when I say that, like, they don't need arable land to get cultivated, we don't need a lot of potable water that you need for a lot of plant based sources. And at the same time, the, the greenhouse gas emissions during the insect cultivation process is almost 2000 times lesser than composting. So, like, which is the most prevalent solution for food waste management. So ultimately, uh, like when animal agriculture is questioned, it is majorly on the lines of greenhouse gas emissions or methane emissions that we have on the minimum. And um, also when, when you say look into the plant-based uh, products, uh, it's majorly dependent on arable land and potable water that we are not using. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that is where it becomes very sustainable from a very holistic standpoint um, where insect agriculture in itself uh, can, can be used. Coming back to the products, um, so it was started back in China and other Southeast Asian countries as a biopharma product. Mm -hmm. So so, like people started using cockroaches because of its iodine content that can help solve respiratory issues. Um, People started using silkworm to solve fatty acid problems, uh, fatty liver problems um and that, that is how the entire industry got started then came the commercial products like honey silk etc um but like it was initially for like ayurvedic like applications uh, indigenous medicines etc and later on when agriculture hardcore agriculture came into play based on crops pulses that we eat as of now also the animal agriculture with livestock insect agriculture actually got pushed back uh, mm. So that, that is on the history point. So it it has applications from the very beginning in the biopharma domain as well. And okay. if you think it from a like a very like broad level standpoint, insects are the natural food for birds and fish. Uh, mm. A lot of cat family members uh, like eat insects when they cannot find enough food in the wild. So mm. insects have been a part of the natural diet of a lot of animals, and that gives them the the best nutrition. Uh, out there because of the superior amino acid profiles, the fatty acid profiles, the micronutrients that, that any insect offers. Um, so, so that is where the entire nutrition angle comes into play as well. So if I give you certain uh, examples, it has antibacterial peptides in it. Um, so it can be used to solve uh, like bacterial problems or bacteria-based diseases. It ha- It is antiviral Um, It can inhibit alpha glucosidase enzyme, uh, which is the major cause of like uh, leading to diabetes. So like if the enzyme gets deactivated or inhibited, then diabetes can be suppressed. Um, Type 2 diabetes can be suppressed. Um, There are other major uh, antihypertensive properties, anti-inflammatory properties that can be used in different applications. So, that is where, uh, since the acceptance is yet not there, we are targeting the animal industry first, maybe go to plant nutrition later, mm-hmm. non um, like, uh, con- consuming uh, human-based applications. And then once the acceptance is there, then maybe push towards the human application as well, because that's where the maximum benefit would come out of these insects.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what kind of insects would you be growing? So, uh, like, uh, our
0: major research consisted of black soldier flies. Uh, we, these are the larvae of these insects are voracious eaters of food-based or organic byproducts. They grow five thousand times in just a span of fifteen days. So, like, like huge food food waste conversion uh, abilities, and also like growing into a nutrient-dense substance of almost forty-five percent protein, thirty percent fats in them um very low ash content uh, so it's, it's highly digestible um, mm-hmm. that is our, our the first insect that we are targeting uh, then we are also concentrating on insects which are already being cultivated for different applications um like say for example honey leaves are already being cultivated but the bees in itself are not being used after the honey has been extracted uh, mm-hmm. there is bombix mori um, um like samyaricini, there are different insects that that are already being grown at certain in certain parts of India in certain parts of the world, uh, that would be under consideration.
1: Hmm. So, in the biopharma, uh, you know, way of application in that application, uh, the end product, uh, especially if it's, uh, I mean, you said right now it's, you're focusing more on animal, uh, sort of products, but uh, eventually. Would they look like uh, capsules that people can buy in a pharmacy?
0: Um, no. So we are we won't be going into the entire the B two C uh, application. So we won't be supplying it directly to the customers. It would still be ingredients um, that other manufacturers would use as one of their primary uh, like formulating agents. Um, so it's it's the property that we are focusing at, and we are not focused on creating the end product out of uh these ingredients because ultimately you would have to mix 10 other things in the right proportions it's a whole different ballgame uh where you are trying to make a pharma product get the approvals and regulatory barriers crossed uh push it to the customers establish distribution channels etc our focus would be on creating these ingredients for a variety of industries as per the requirements that they have and mm.
1: no, no, i i understood that i was just uh, thinking that uh, You would, like you said, you'd probably supply this as an ingredient to a pharma company, which could be a potential customer. And eventually, they, you know, when they supply these uh, uh, tablets uh, in the market, they would probably be in the form of uh, something that you can swallow as a capsule or a tablet or things like that, right?
0: Correct. Like it's very similar to cod liver oil, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's Mm -hmm. it's derived from fish. Then we have collagen, uh, collagen tablets. Uh, Mm -hmm. used for skin and dermatology purposes, all based on animal sources. A lot of Mm -hmm. ingredients in the biopharma industry are actually animal-based as well. But we actually don't know about them because they are normally written in a scientific manner.
1: Right. right. And uh, give us a kind of a quick snapshot of uh, what you all have done uh, over the last three years. uh, uh, Products, uh, currently the type of customers that you're supplying to... And I think you all have also recently raised some funding. So we could also talk about that and your investors and so on.
0: Sure. So um, like in the last three years, our journey started with first like picking the right insect. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we went ahead picking black soldier flies because India is an agrarian country. Most of the insects like tropical climate, but the black soldier fly larvae in particular likes uh, like wet organic byproducts. Uh, which is abundant in India. The dried uh, expired products or dried unusable food products are normally going to the the cattle industry or the piggeries. So it's already getting converted to food for the animals. So Mm. we didn't focus on an insect like mealworm, uh, which consumes dried byproducts. Um, Mm. The second angle why we chose black soldier fly larvae was um, it should not be a pest. So black soldier fly is the only species which is proven to be a non-pest, non-invasive species. So if you compare mm. it with crickets and grasshoppers, they are very invasive, it's difficult to control them. Mm. Uh, cockroaches uh, like it, are the highest in, in terms of eek factor. So people don't want to work with uh, cockroaches and also they consume a lot of sanitation waste, which we don't want to deal with as of now. Mm. Um, and then, then you have other insects as well, which are very crop specific. So say, mm. for example, palm weevil larvae. So it mm. only grows on palm, uh, palm waste. So we Mm -hmm. didn't want to just like uh, get um, restricted to a particular type of waste. We want to be Um, Mm generic. So that is why black soldier fly larvae. So that took that took us some time. And then there are four steps in the entire um, process, right? So you have to first breed the insects. So it's it's a breeding step. Then you have to incubate the eggs or the culture. Um, So so that the mortality is least at that point of time. Then you have to farm the insects just like any other animal agriculture activity and then you you need to process these insects into value-added products so like, like our first focus was to basically master on say a few different types of food processing industry byproducts uh, for the black soldier fly larvae cultivation in terms of breeding uh, incubation rearing of these insects and then with our engineering skills in place uh, we were able to manage the entire processing part very fast um, it also involved doing almost like 20,000 experiments on 60 types of waste uh, that, that we accomplished in a span of almost uh, 1.52 years, uh, barring the four to six months of COVID wave one. Um, okay. and, and that actually gave us the confidence that, yes, uh, we have optimized the process. Now we can take it to the, to the next stage. Um, and that's where we decided to go for a fundraise so that we can set up our own commercial facility Till now, we had a pilot facility where we were doing 50 kgs of worms on a daily basis, um, which is not actually enough for a volume-based market like animal feed. Um, So we were supplying these products for testing, for say lab tests or product quality tests to all of these customers um, in the shrimp feed domain, in the poultry feed, pet food domains as well, uh, because it's very good for dogs and cats. Um, Mm -hmm. So we were supplying these to to these customers so that we can get interest from them, refine our product further. But uh, commercial sales would start once we start our first loop factory, which is going to uh, be set up now uh, since we have raised the funding that is required to reach to the next stage. Mm -hmm. Um, Coming to the funding question, yes, uh, till now we were operating with the help of government grants. Um, Like we have secured close to $150,000 or almost 1.2 crore rupees in in government grants and foundation money, um, which was used up till now to reach to this stage, and now we have raised almost uh, three point four million dollars uh, from from different investors, um, where Omnivore Venture Capital and AgriTech Investor and Waterbridge Ventures, uh, both of them are leading this round, and we have we also have Titan Capital, uh, who is backed by Snapdeal founders. Um, we have. Log9 material founders, um, Akshay, Karthik and others from Log9 backing us, um, Mm -hmm. like some marquee names and experienced names like Mr. Nadir Godrej, who is a pioneer in the feed industry uh, from Godrej AgroVelt and Mr. Sanjeev Rangra's uh, ex-ITC is is backing us in this round, uh, which gives us a lot of confidence because these are all people from the industry uh, who are willing to back the solution. And majorly, this funding would be used to set up our factory, uh, grow our team um, to almost 40 people strong and um, also uh, conduct R&D on the different products uh, that I spoke about.
1: Mm -hmm. How long will it take for you to set up your factory and get it up and running?
0: So our um, land, the, the property where we are going to set it up and the machinery that we need are all fixed and we have ordered them as well. Um, so it should take approximately six months time to get all the approvals, set up the factory, do the commissioning. Um, sure. So, so ultimately February next year is some, some time where we want to start our productions.
1: Okay. And these equipment, uh, are they generally available in India with good OEMs or do you need to import them?
0: No, we are not importing any of the equipments, uh, not okay. as of now at this stage. Um, we have secured all the the machinery and equipments from indian manufacturers in india
1: okay. um,
0: and like um, and th- they are reputed ones as well so like we, we are not concerned about the quality of the product and also not concerned about any maintenance issues that that the machinery would would bring into
1: mm-hmm. So give us a sense of the size of the market for the type of products that you want to start with and uh, maybe you could compare it with uh, the initial capacity of your factory.
0: Sure. So um, the entire animal feed protein plus fats market um, is, is roughly a $600 billion market uh, globally okay. um, out of which uh, half of it is in Asia um, and, and close to um, say a 30 30 to 40 billion dollar market is, is there in india um, and in the indian market is primarily consisting of poultry aquaculture and and a little bit of pet foods uh, that we are focused at um, mm-hmm. so if you consider the, the pet food market it's a small market of half a billion dollars um, and then you have the aquaculture market which is approximately two billion dollars and the poultry market is roughly 12 to $13 billion. So in all, our um, like the, the target market in, in the Indian scenario would be close to $15 billion. Apart from that, what we are targeting is uh, the salmonoids, which is trout and salmon feed market in Europe, uh, primarily. And apart from that, uh, the pet food market in US, Europe, Canada, Australia, in the developed economies, um, because that's where sustainability-driven products Um, are are making a big mark and buzz. Um, So if you consider the the entire pet food market, uh, it's a $100 billion pet food market out of which close to $45 billion would be the ingredients, the proteins and the fats uh, majorly and um, like half of it is actually in US. So US is going to be a big base that that we would be targeting.
1: So obviously there is no dearth of demand Hmm. For your products um, so the us plan will it, will that eventually involve manufacturing locally as well or will you be looking to basically export your products
0: so uh, we would be exporting our products um, it's okay. easier to do the insect farming and processing in in a country like india uh, no. because of obvious reasons of four factors that affects any B 2 b industry so it's the it's the cost of raw material land labor and utility so all of which is very less in, in, in India. Um, okay. And that, that gives us a significant cost advantage in a, in a like a cost-sensitive B2B market that we are in.
1: Okay. So before you started Loopworm, uh, so far, what have been people doing? I mean, uh, there are probably other uh, businesses which have been doing some insect-based products so far. I mean, what is the state of the insect-based products in India Uh, you know when you started and what's it like today
0: so um in india actually didn't have a lot of insect-based agriculture going on um it it was at a small scale with uh silkworms uh made primarily for silk and uh, honeybees primarily for honey um so so nothing nothing else um like was actually cultivated for for different other purposes um like when we, we consider ourselves as a, as a, as a global company. So like our major competitors would be outside India. Um, oh, okay. So it was um, so Southeast Asia and parts of South America as well have been cultivating insects uh, since a very, very long time, but mm-hmm. not at a, say, a commercial scale or for commercial activities. Um, it was primarily picked by Europeans uh, first, prime, uh, the French, uh, Belgium uh, folks, uh, folks in England, Uh, they they picked up the entire, uh, say, unorganized or informal process of insect agriculture uh, in different parts of Southeast Asia, Uh, like incorporated the engineering principles in it so that it can be scaled up. And Mm -hmm. then they they started setting it up. Um, So the most used insects is by far black soldier flies, if that even we are cultivating um and uh, the the second most abundant is mealworms uh, and then then crickets mm-hmm. so like people uh, have started using using these uh, these insects and majorly what we have felt is that the europeans uh, the the eu is majorly focused on this because they want to reduce their dependency on the the conventional ingredients like soybean meal uh, which is the soybean protein concentrate or fish meal which is the fish uh, protein concentrate Uh, Same goes for the oils as well, Um, heavy dependence on on palm palm oil from the the Southeast Asian countries, soybean oil from South American countries. And that that actually leads to a lot of uh, food security issues or can lead to a food security issue in the future where uh, all of these conventional ingredients would be, say, uh, like uh, there, there would be a supply demand gap. Because there is limited supply of wild marine fish, there are limited. Uh, there is limited amount of arable land and potable water. Uh, so, animal-based feed ingredients uh, would be a problem, and that's where the EU started this entire process of converting its own food processing industry waste uh, via insects into, uh, say, a food-based ingredient for animals again. Um, so that's where uh, we are at. Like I'll say, we are around five years behind. Uh, the european counterparts or american counterparts Um, Mm -hmm. but like uh, i guess we would be able to catch up very soon given the advantages that we have in in a tropical country like india um, where raw material or the climatic conditions actually favors insect agriculture to the uh, to the most beneficial levels Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: sorry did i miss you uh, miss what you said earlier i mean uh, what what's the uh, initial capacity of your factory going to be and when is the earliest it's going to go online uh, in terms of full operations?
0: So um, we are setting up a, a plant facility of 25,000 tons of uh, insect product per annum uh, that would include 75% protein powders and 25% oil uh, okay. in total um, and um, so that, that amounts to roughly 2,000 tons a month. Uh, roughly. and we would be starting uh, in February with 10% capacities with almost 200 tons a month capacity uh, establish the markets the next phase would be 500 tons a month uh, the, the phase next to it would be close to 12, 1200 tons a uh, month and then we would hit the final capacity in 2 years time of 2000 uh, tons a month
1: so at, at that level 2000 tons a month what kind of uh... Uh, you know, monthly or annual sales. Uh, are you looking at? I mean, a rough idea in terms of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, whichever way you want to look at it.
0: Sure. So, like uh, 2,000 tons um, would roughly resonate to um, close to four million dollars a month, kind of revenue.
1: Okay. Okay. And and in your industry, roughly, what kinds of margins can people look at?
0: Uh, people can look at so it depends on the the to whom you are selling as well. So yeah. pet food industries normally give a, like a higher margin um, because people are willing to pay more for them. And yeah. like in the the animal feed market is is very cost sensitive, so the margins are less there. On an average, uh, we'll get margins of around forty to fifty percent.
1: Right. Okay, okay, it's fairly high then. All right, um, so. Can you talk about one or two ways in which uh, uh, Loopworm really stands out? I mean, maybe you could talk about uh, any innovations that you all are really proud of.
0: So the first thing that we are doing differently than most of the insect farming companies globally is we are not setting up a centralized insect protein factory. Hmm. Um, So we are not doing the entire cultivation ourselves, the entire processing ourselves. The processing would be with us, but we are adopting something which has led to the growth of other animal agriculture industries in general. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the history of poultry farming, um, Tyson Foods, uh, one of the global majors in poultry farming, uh, or poultry products rather, started it in 1940, um, where they used to actually supply the chicks, the feed, uh, and also the medicines of the chicken uh, to poultry farmers who would set up their own poultry farms, supply, like grow the chicken, and like sell it back to say Tyson Foods. Similar mm-hmm. model was adopted by Sugna feeds, uh, Sugna Foods, uh, Benki's, or Godrej Agrovet here in India. Right. Um, something similar happened in shrimp, aqua- shrimp culture as well. So like say for example Avanti feeds, right? So Avanti mm-hmm. feeds is only a like a major feed producer. Mm-hmm. So that that's one part of the supply chain. Um, we have uh, like tons and tons of shrimp farmers then. Then there are companies like Waterbase or Zlac who are majorly into frozen, frozen shrimp products.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so like, so the entire value chain is actually distributed. And mm-hmm. that's where the entire scalability of, of, say, an animal agriculture system comes into play. Um, mm-hmm. And that is something that we are targeting with insect agriculture as well. And which is different uh, in comparison to the other say centralized insect protein factories that people are trying to set up. Because it takes a longer time to set up that factory, commission it, run it. And also you are limited on the skills. So the next factory is going to take its own sweet time to to get set up. Um, But here what we are doing is leveraging uh, a lot of these farmers who are willing to do this as a primary source of income or maybe a secondary source of income, willing to take up insect agriculture and enabling them by processing their products into value-added products. Um, At the same time, supporting them. with with the technology needed to grow these insects so that the the quality remains uh, standard, uh, the the productivity is good, just like any other animal agriculture system. So that is one thing that we are particularly proud of. Secondly, um, our approach. Um, So we are not not a pet food company. We are not an animal feed company. Rather, we are not an insect protein company as well. Uh, We are an insect biotech company. So we want to like harness the the entire potential of what the insects can bring into the table, and okay. and it can it could be limitless. So like if I give you a small example in COP26 in Glasgow, the entire problem problem of antibiotic resistance was discussed at length, um, and that was primarily because of the animal agriculture activities that we are incurring, where 80% of the world's antibiotics are getting used majorly as growth promoters and not as a medicine. That brings, it, that brings the antibiotic residues to our meat, eggs, fish, whatever we are consuming. And it can be solved with the help of insects because these insects have antimicrobial peptides in them, uh, AMPs in short, uh, which are basically natural substitutes of antibiotics that, that can be used. So it's it's a special product that that we are uh, looking into, but not just from a say a volume based market. The peak, the we we want to extract the fullest potential, or say all the biomolecules are are at focus for us.
1: All right. I was briefly reading about your work, and one of the knock on effects I think you all are talking about is that. It also uh, makes a positive impact on food wastage, uh, can you talk a little bit about that more?
0: Sure. So, um, it depends on the insects that you are cultivating as well, uh, just as a disclaimer, so that I don't confuse the, point, uh, the audience. Um, so, black soldier fly larvae uh, consumes a lot of food waste, but if mm-hmm. you say consider the other insects, depends.
1: Okay.
0: Um, right. Um, so let's like say for example, uh, consider silkworms, right? So they consume mulberry leaves. Mm. Um, so it's it's not uh like for all the insects, but yes, so the, the few insects that we are taking taking uh, into consideration, uh they consume a lot of food waste and organic byproducts. Uh here, what we are doing is not focusing on post-consumer food waste uh, from from municipalities or from mandis, etc., mm. because then the product quality gets gets disturbed um, mm-hmm. also we are trying to set up a benchmark for the entire industry we are planning to push it for human use as well so it's better that we use something which is not already contaminated um, so our focus is majorly on food processing industry and agri processing industry byproducts uh, mm-hmm. if i give you give you certain examples it could be the the solid byproducts from oil processing industries once the oil has been extracted uh, same goes for starch, um, Mm. beer, whiskey, uh, all of these liquid-based product industries, fruit um, pulps. so you can use all of these byproducts to grow the insects uh, consistently of the best quality Uh, similarly you can use certain byproducts Um, say for example you can use um, say banana in banana uh, stems or say hemp leaves um, or other crop residues to, to grow these uh, insects as well. So like if I give you the numbers here um, like you can make actually 1 kg of insect based products uh, using close to 17 kgs of uh, food byproducts mm-hmm. um, and so ultimately what you are trying to do is convert a 5% protein containing thing to a 15% 50- Fifty-five percent protein-containing time, uh, mm. if, if I give it in very layman terms.
1: Mm. Okay, you did talk about how the immediate priority would be to get your factory up and running uh, over the next twelve to eighteen months uh, at Loopworm. What would be your top priorities?
0: So, um, our like our current priority is split into two parts. Um, so, we are like focusing on hiring. Um, the, the talent for our team, um, so that would majorly be from operations and production side, R&D side, and the support verticals, sales, mm-hmm. marketing, uh, HR, compliances legal, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the second most important priority would be to get the plant clearances, the factory clearances, uh, so, so that we can set up the factory faster. Um, the the third would be to get our products tested in a commercial environment say in a a shrimp farm uh, a big shrimp farm a big poultry farm where you can actually take it into take into account the abiotic factors as well and that's where we are looking to collaborate with industry leaders on this um also with academia uh so that like we can prove the efficacy of our products so those would be the three major focus points for the next year uh, the year next to it, uh, we would like to export our products uh, to, like, uh, we would be exploring three geographies. We will be exploring EU, US, and Southeast Asia. Um, EU and US uh, primarily for pet foods, and Southeast Asia primarily for shrimps. And, like, we would like to send our first consignment at least uh, in the next 18
1: months. All right. I meant to ask uh, earlier. Uh, is there any significance to the name that you all have chosen loop worm
0: so um it's it's basically loop and worm Uh, it's a Mm -hmm. combination of two words so we want to use worms to bring back uh, like close the circular loop uh, Mm -hmm. on food waste or food byproducts. so Mm -hmm. it's basically worms like uh, bringing in the change of circularity in the food system a more sustainable food system that we started with um, so, but, but our focus now is majorly to harness the maximum potential, uh, of, of biotech products from our watch.
1: All right. Ankit, a very nice first update on loopworm Firm for me. Thank you so much for making time for this. Definitely hope to keep the conversation going.
0: Definitely Hari. And thank you for having me and, and capturing loopworm Firm here. That's
1: it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.